0: Hello, and welcome to the MRO Show presented by Chadwell Supply. Chadwell Supply is 100% dedicated to the multifamily industry. Your order is on our truck delivered the next day. Learn more at ChadwellSupply.com. Today on the MRO Show, we're going to be talking about A2L refrigerants with HVAC industry veteran and Chadwell Supply Director of Education, Matthew Trotter. How you doing, Matt?
1: Hey, Adam. It's great to be here.
0: Good. It's great to have you. Now, you've been in the HVAC industry a while, seen a lot of the kinds of changes we're going to be talking about today. Please take a moment, introduce yourself. Oh, absolutely. So let's see, I
1: have been in the HVAC industry now for going on 25 years and have a lot of experience in commercial refrigeration, industrial chillers, uh, manufacturing with many different manufacturers and have seen a lot of the changes throughout the residential and commercial industry.
0: Well, it's really good to have an expert perspective with us as we're going to be talking today about some of the questions that people are asking related to the regulatory changes that we're going to see happening in 2024 and 2025. This is an ongoing transition. It's got a lot of people concerned. Tell me a little bit about what's happening.
1: All right, Adam. So what we got going on right now is it's actually we're almost kind of in the middle of it, if you will, or maybe the first quarter of it. Back in 2020, we signed up on the AIM Act. And what that did was that basically said, we're going to reduce anything that has global warming potential, really affecting refrigerants all around. So with that, it is now January 2024. And at January 1, just the beginning of the year, we reduced the amount of refrigerant that we're producing, specifically R410A we've cut it down by 40%, which means we're only producing 60% of what we used to make back in 2020. What this does, this really drives up the cost. And it means that 410A is not gonna be as readily available as it once was. Now it's not going away, Adam, okay? It's just being phased down. But with that, we're gonna have to make some serious changes. And this year, starting in April, we're gonna see manufacturers transition transition to a new refrigerant.
0: You said something, I it was a phrase that I've heard before and that that has a tendency to get people, a lot of people sitting up and paying attention because we've been through a phase out before. Uh, but you didn't say phase out, you said phase down. What's the difference? A phase
1: out is what happened with R22. We stopped manufacturing it after a certain period. We just basically got rid of it because it had too much ozone depleting materials in it and it was really hurting our ozone. So we transitioned at that point to R410A. All the refrigerant that you purchase that might be R22 is not manufactured. It's actually been reclaimed and recovered and then cleaned up for resale. What we're doing with R410A is we're actually going to phase it down over the next 15 years and we're going to reduce it to where it'll only be 15% of what it was once manufactured at in 2020. So every year, this year, we just had it, we reduced it down again, so 40%. So we're only manufacturing 60% of what we once made. In 2019, we're gonna reduce it even further down and slowly steadily for the next 10 plus years until we hit
0: 15%. And then that's what we'll be manufacturing bring in from that point forward. So, when you're talking about a phase down, and there's different dates that you talked about, they're going to be benchmarks, and then we're phasing down by percentages. Uh, what kind of questions should we be asking in the multifamily industry?
1: So, right now, Adam, it's January 2024. R-410A has now increased in price again, and we can't get as much of it. So, every manufacturer has to be ready to now have new equipment by the end of this year. So what we're looking at is in April, they're going to start transitioning all the lines that manufacturers have over to a new refrigerant. These refrigerants are R32 and R454B. This is the approved refrigerants that have a low GWP or global warming potential that we're allowed to utilize in the States. By January one. 2025, we'll be allowed to then start installing new equipment. By the end of the third quarter, if not fourth quarter, we'll have that equipment available for resale. So what we're looking to do right now today, as you're hearing this podcast, is start asking yourself, what equipment do I want to replace? What equipment is on their very last legs? What 410 is out there that's just dying? I've been band it together and I need to get this thing replaced. Because here at Chadwell Supply, we're going to be front-loaded with our 410A equipment. We're still able to buy it. We're going to purchase it. We're going to have it in our storehouse ready to sell. And you need to make the decision as to whether you want to replace that condenser or replace an entire system.
0: So Matt, you mentioned that they're going to have a decision to make. And they need to look at what their equipment situation is, right. and they may want to look at. They everybody knows that they're going to have if they have a system that's on its last legs, and they've been putting band aids on it. You said, but uh, well, what if they don't? What if they have a system that maybe the full system has some good years left on it? Do our customers have other options? Well, I guess I'd put it into these categories, Adam, because
1: every maintenance supervisor out there knows his facility. They know they have 250 units or 300 units or 500 units that have this many condensers, this many air handlers, and they know what the life expectancy of each and every one of those condensers is. So in our business, Adam, we don't change out full systems that often. Hmm. It is very rare. We generally just change out the condenser and then just work with the indoor unit that's there. So when we had our 22 products, we transitioned either to a 410 system, which means replace the entire system, or we found a replacement or a drop-in for R22. We don't have that option moving forward. We don't have drop-ins. There's no topping off. There's no other refrigerant that will take the place of R410A that works. So now they have to decide, what equipment do I have? All right, I have all these R410A systems. Some of these condensers, I can replace just the condenser and get another five to eight years out of it and the system will be okay. Some of them are actually healthy. Like you said, maybe they were just replaced a couple of years ago. Sure. If that's the case, then you don't have to do anything with that piece of equipment except maintain it. Now, mind you, the cost of refrigerant is going up. And as supplies get lower and demand gets higher for R410A, That cost is only going to be more and more. So, Market Dynamics 101, yeah. Even maintaining that system might become really expensive. Sure. Such as if there's a leak in the evaporator, if there's a leak somewhere, if you don't find that leak, that's going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. So I would put it this way, Adam. Step number one is how many R410A condensers do I have and how many would I like to replace this year in
0: 2024? So what I hear you say is get out on your property and take an inventory of the units you have out there, look at the systems, see what's on its last legs, see what's looking pretty healthy, what's relatively new, what can I maintain, what do maybe if I had to replace a component, I could replace the condenser, but I need to know. I need an accurate count for that. And I know that uh, you worked with our marketing department, you guys in education put together a, a tool to help our maintenance pros out there get out into their properties and take that inventory. So I wanted to let people know that that thing exists. It's a great tool. I think it's going to help a lot of people. It's going to be a link to it in our show notes. Uh, Absolutely. But I have that correct there. So just to reiterate that, we have, let's look at our system if it's going to be on the last legs. We need to know what full systems might need to be replaced. We need to look at the systems where maybe we can get a few years out of the components Maybe we need to replace just a condenser and maybe we're in we're good to go for a while.
1: That's that's basically it. So when we look at it, you say my options moving forward are going mm. to be there's still condensers available. so mm. I can replace them without having to do the indoor unit. That's great. That's easy. That's basically business as usual for us in the this market. The next up is my entire system has to be replaced the indoor's wrecked, it's leaking, everything just needs to be replaced. Now I get to make a choice. Do I replace it with an entire 410A system, indoor and out? Or do I wait till the end of the year when the new product line comes available? And do I replace it with the new refrigerant option at the end of the year instead of just staying with 410? If I do that, then now I'm going to be carrying different refrigerants on my property, which I probably already do. That's not that big of a scare. It really isn't. I'm just going to have to start paying attention as to where these are, which refrigerants I'm using, and what refrigerant that I'm going with. Because this is the first time where we're going to actually get to make a choice as to what refrigerant we actually want to work with, whether it be R32 or R454B.
0: Let's take a minute now and talk about that. So we we've re, we've gone back through, we've looked at, reiterated the options that are on the table. Right. We've suggested that people go out and take an inventory so they can work with real real-time accurate data. Exactly. Okay, so they make the best decision for their bottom line. And we've talked to them about timelines. Let's talk a little bit about the different options you said. There's going to be a choice of refrigerants. So let's break that down. Talk to me about the two different refrigerants that are going to be available.
1: So the options that we're going to have moving forward is we're going to have R32, which is a very specific Goodman product. They're going to use – all their equipment is going to have R32 in it. This is a refrigerant that is – it's actually quite old. R410A is made up of two refrigerants. One – is R32, and the other is R125. So we've been using R32 for decades, and as a standalone refrigerant, it's actually used quite prevalently out in Europe for the last 20 plus years.
0: So it's safe. It's got a long track record. It's
1: got a great track record. It's safe. It's is considered to be what's called an A2L, which we'll probably get into some more details later on about what that means. But yes, it's a safe refrigerant. It's easy to it's easy to handle and work with, and it lines up pretty well with R410A. The other refrigerant is R454B. R454B, that is a refrigerant that is half R32 and then the other half r 1234YF. So it still has some R32 in it, but then it has 1234YF that helps it get under that global warming potential number, which is 700. Both of those fall under that.
0: Now you've mentioned global warming potential a couple of times. Uh, Explain what GWP is for folks who may not be uh as a, as uh familiar with that term
1: global warming potential is basically our footprint on this earth so before when we were working with refrigerants and we were worried about the ozone being depleted that was the main concern we figured out we get rid of the chlorine now we have a better option to no longer have that done and have that effect on the earth but what we didn't pay attention to was how much it was warming the earth actually creating hot spots and creating this this overall shell if you will that's heating up the earth So in that, now we're paying attention to global warming potential, GWP, and the number that was set was 700. So it has to be under 700 GWP. R32 falls in at 670, I believe, and then R454B falls under at 470. So quite a bit lower,
0: but both of them meet the requirements of GWP. And, and let's talk a little bit about the we in that scenario. You've mentioned it a couple of times. And this is something for people that need to realize that this is not really an optional situation. This is the EPA, the federal government is yes. the we in this scenario. They have set that standard. They have given their reasons. And we are following through what the federal law and the federal regulations saying we need to do. So this is nobody's asking if we how we feel about this. This is just something that is going to happen. It's happening. We
1: can't change it. There's no getting away. There was plenty of time to lobby and litigate against it. And we still are lobbying for other advantages within that, loopholes, if you will, that'll help us as far as product and help our customers. But it's happening, Adam. It's already happened. It's signed off, it's delivered. And now we literally have to work through this and help our customers understand the best way to go.
0: And so once they have that inventory and they know what they're working with, now you said they're going to have base that choice between those two different refrigerants. What are some reasons they may want to choose one over the other? Well, you know, honestly,
1: they're both great refrigerants. We sell both options to them.
0: Mm-hmm. We sell
1: them in Goodman products for R32, Airquest and Brothers is another option in R454B. They're both very viable, great refrigerants. All the refrigerants that are being utilized have been around for quite a while. The 1234YF is used in cars, all over the United States. Now you'll see it. If you go out and have a newer car, if you read it, you'll even see it written on there. So they're very viable refrigerants. The differences between them could just be that one has been more steadily used over in Europe, whereas R454B is now just being introduced into the United States, has just more of a track record with it overall. But honestly, it really is just a decision as to what equipment do you like to install? Which one do you prefer? Are you more comfortable with? And how do you want to manage your your property as far as refrigerant is concerned?
0: So really, it's going to be a, a question more of um, what equipment am I getting? And the refrigerant I choose is going to be based on the equipment that I either have or the equipment that I'm replacing. Correct. Yeah. Great. And you, like you said, both great options, both proven options, both safe options.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's
0: talk a little bit more about that safety concern because I know that's a question that I've heard a little bit coming up, and you see it in forums, and people are asking our our salespeople about this as well. They're concerned about A2Ls. They hear about flammability, or they see the EPA's flammability toxi- toxicity scale, and you, know, you get a little gun shy when you hear things like flammable refrigerant. But that's not necessarily something we need to be worried too much about, is it? So. There is
1: quite a bit of, there's a little bit of fear out there, I would say, but we can actually help bring that all to rest.
0: I'd love to do that. <laughs> educate me. Drop drop it on me.
1: Absolutely, Adam. So what the refrigerant is, it's an A2L. And on the toxicity flammability chart of the EPA, that chart states that there's categories A and B for toxicity, which A is non-toxic which means that if I ingest it, then I won't get immediately sick right away. And B is toxic, so that if I do ingest it, then I will most likely become sick right away or even die from inhaling too much. Now, all refrigerant does displace oxygen, so if it fills a room, you do have to leave that room. Otherwise, it will asphyxiate you. But an A refrigerant is, by all intents and purposes, non-toxic. On the flammability side, it goes 1, 2, and 3, 1 being non-flammable. So an A1 refrigerant is a non-toxic, non-flammable refrigerant. It will not just combust. It will not light um, with a flame or a a spark. It's it's all intents and purposes a safe, non-flammable refrigerant. As it goes up, the 2 is mildly flammable and 3 is propane. So very flammable, highly flammable. So with that... We have this category, A, non-toxic, 2, which is mildly flammable, but then there's this L letter at the end, and the L stands for low, so a very low flammability, which is a category inside the 2 category of flammability, which is so low, it's under 10 centimeters per second growth rate of, of, after it's been ignited. So that puts us even lower than the rest of the 2 category. So truly... It's safe refrigerant, has very specific conditions to have to be met in order to light it or get it to ignite. And it's functional and safe to utilize in the United States. So and what
0: it, I so what I heard you say there. Just I want to recap that real quick because you threw a lot of letters and numbers at us. Uh, you said so non-toxic is an A and that two Means it's lo- it's mildly flammable, and the L means it's even lower case of flammability. So certain situations in certain circumstances outside of proper use, there's a potential for flammability.
1: You nailed it on the
0: head. Great and, job, Adam. And if I'm, and if it's a three, somebody better have some steaks.
1: <laughs> you better be grilling, cooking, or getting out of there.
0: That's right. So like an A two L. So yes, it does. It does rest somewhere on that flammability toxicity scale. Correct. But just because it's on there next to those words doesn't mean it's a concern that we people should have. They should be educated, but not worried. Is what I heard you say.
1: Absolutely. And what we need to really focus on is our best practices, how we function, what we use, and certain tools and equipment we have to start using when we're recovering or evacuating systems.
0: And that's something you guys uh, with the education department, Chad, will Supply, you do a lot of training people how to know what equipment to use and then how to use that equipment properly. The best practices, you guys do trainings on that. There's videos online that I've seen. Talk to me a little bit about the resources that we have, that we offer to people.
1: So what we're doing is we're actually putting out some videos and some trainings that'll help people become familiar with a 2 l refrigerants. So we're having a class, which is going to be a webinar-based class teaching about what it is, why it is, and how to operate with it, the safeties around it, and what you want to pay attention to, how you store it, how you handle it. All those things will be in that class and there'll be a test for it as well. It's not required yet to pass and be certified in this It's just kind of an addendum to what the 608 course is for having a refrigerant license right now. So we want to get people educated right away with that. We'll be hosting those classes actually coming up this month.
0: Well, it sure seems like a good idea. Like you talked about the 608 certification, which is an outstanding idea for folks. But to have that extra bit of information, like you said earlier, these regulations are happening. To have the most knowledge you can about them before you start pulling off panels and working on stuff seems like a pretty good idea.
1: So really, truly... Recapping just some of the pieces is, you know, if I'm out there in the industry and I'm looking at my property, I'm definitely paying attention as to what Fortinet equipment I have, what condensers can I replace this year within the first half of this year for sure, what units will go the distance, and I can just kind of pay attention to two and see if in a couple of years I'm going to keep maintaining them or if I might want to do a full replacement in a few years and they can just hold off. And then the last one I don't think we really talked about is the R22 systems. The systems that are still holding on, that Mm. we're topping off with the replacement refrigerants that we have. These systems, you really want to kind of pay attention to. And instead of replacing them with just a 410 system, you might want to hold out and wait for the new system. Because if you're going to do one big full change, it might be worthwhile to do the entire system when the new refrigerant comes out with the new products.
0: And now put yourself in a position where you're going to be paying a premium for that 410.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, And the refrigerant cost of those replacements, Adam, is also
0: going to go up. So we talked about a couple of different things and I really want to uh, put a bow on this for everybody so they understand where we're at with things. Regulations are happening. We're going to start seeing changes in the market where manufacturers are going to stop manufacturing the equipment for the phased down refrigerants. And because of these industry factors, uh, multifamily housing owners and managers have some decisions to make. As you uh, just recapped for us, they need to go out and take inventory of their equipment. They need to look at what's on its last legs that needs to be replaced now. They need to look at what they may have some months or years left on and potentially, are they going to hold out and put a new system in that has the new refrigerant? Or are they going to try to replace the condenser with a 410A condenser? Uh, and those really are the options on the table. You hold out, replace it all, or replace the condenser as a component. Uh, and we need to know what equipment we have on site. We need to have an accurate accounting of that. And then we can begin to make our decisions. And as far as which of the two new refrigerants, the, n- the new A2Ls, you said if it's really de- equipment dependent. That's what I heard. So if they have a Goodman system. You're going to want to use what Goodman is using and remind folks again what that is.
1: That's R32 for Goodman.
0: Right. And if, uh, if they're buying from Chadwell Supply and they got a brother's unit or they have an AirQuest unit, they're going to be using the
1: R454B.
0: Uh, so that's a lot of decisions, a lot of moving parts a lot of processes to consider, and that's really just the tip of the iceberg on things. So I would love for you, Matt, to come back and join us and let's do a more deep dive next time into equipment, into supplies, into the different machinery that people need, the tools that people need, and the way that they're going to be using those tools.
1: Awesome. Fantastic, Adam. I can't wait.
0: So that's it for this episode of The MRO Show presented by Chadwell Supply. Thank you again, Matt. I'm looking forward to doing this again soon. I'm your host, Adam Porter, thanking you for joining us. In our next episode, Matt and I are going to be talking about what the market will look like for HVAC equipment, supplies, and refrigerant in 2024, as well as what multifamily property owners and managers need to know to make the best call for their communities, what kind of tools and equipment they'll need to meet the new standards. Look for that episode at slash The MRO Show or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And keep the conversation going on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Find it at Chadwell Supply in each of those platforms.